What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to get into my top waiver wire ads for week seven of the fantasy football season. I feel like just yesterday I hopped on the mic for week one of these. Now we're going to get into our top five must-own running backs and then our top five must-own pass catchers, so wide receivers and tight ends, all under 50% owned on ESPN. Now, these are just going to be rough estimates of, you know, players that I'd be grabbing here and there, stashing, using Fab for. If you want to know my individual Fab bids for each and every single one of these players, that's going to be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I come out every week with a nice little exclusive article where I go over every single player, who I'm adding, how much am I bidding. Now, without further ado, let's stop rambling. Let's get into this fantasy football video. Let's go. Now, before we get into our first running back on this list, make sure you go down below, subscribe, and leave a like. It helps us out a ton in the algorithm. And I think that we only have like maybe 25% of our viewers are actually subscribed. So make sure you go down below, hit the subscribe button. It puts all of these videos in your subscription feed. It recommends them more often. So it would help out your boy a ton if you did that. Now, our first running back on the slate today, a priority ad. So somebody I would bid, you know, 15% or more of my fab budget on is JD McKissick. And that's because Antonio Gibson, my boy, your boy has a shin fracture, right? And I'm no doctor. I don't know what that means, but he's hobbled. He doesn't look like himself. He's not playing a ton of snaps. I think he left the game like a million times on Sunday. And this makes McKissick a huge ad for two reasons, because one, if McKissick misses any time, he's the clear handcuff, he'll get locked and loaded into that role. And the second is because even if Gibson is still healthy enough to play in this role where McKissick kind of, you know, picks up the slack, he's been really good. In 2020, Antonio Gibson got hurt in week 13. He misses week 14 and week 15, and then he plays hurt. Last year in week 16 through 17, Gibson played 30 to 60% of the snaps, and he was clearly still hurt after missing that time, you know, kind of hobbling through the injury. And McKissick averaged 15.6 PPR points per game during that stretch, and then from weeks 13 through 17. So that's the entirety of the injury. So whether he was playing, whether he wasn't playing, he was pretty much either not playing or he was playing on a limited basis. McKissick was the RB8 during that stretch. So no matter what, if Gibson is missing time or if he's just, you know, playing hurt, McKissick gets a huge bump from any kind of injury. Then we have Dearness Johnson running back for the Cleveland Browns. Kareem Hunt suffered a calf injury on Sunday. Hopefully it's not an Achilles injury. Nick Chubb is also hurt. He's been dealing with a calf injury as well. They play on Thursday night football. So Kareem Hunt's definitely not playing. I think it's too quick of a turnaround for Nick Chubb to play. So Dearness Johnson is that next guy as that hot, you know, waiver wire ad. He's probably going to be a priority ad for me, you know, 15% plus of your fab budget. He will give you probably a spot start. I imagine that Nick Chubb comes back for week eight. I don't know if the Cleveland Browns have a bye during that time, but Dearness Johnson's the guy for this week. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Demetric Felton, and he's very interesting. I liked him as a prospect coming out, but he's only lined up as a running back twice this year. He's more of, you know, a wide receiver gadgety type guy. I expect him to be a third down back, you know, change of pace type of guy to Dearness Johnson, but Johnson will be the workhorse if Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb do miss time at the same time, which then brings us to a gang of running backs. We're getting into our ads here. I wouldn't do any kind of, you know, waiver wire fab bid over like 10% on these, but I'm just going to list the Ravens running backs, right? So any Baltimore running back is an interesting stash at this point for me. You know, I thought Tyson Williams is the best of the bunch between, you know, they have Le'Veon Bell, Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, but he was healthy scratched, right? So 
This brings us into a spot where they rolled out Le Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, and Freeman. They all saw between eight and nine carries and a touchdown. Bell looked at the most watched. I think he had like 17 yards, 18 yards on his eight carries. But Latavius and Freeman looked fine. I think that Latavius Murray and Freeman should be rostered probably everywhere because in this situation with the, the Ravens, they run the ball a lot still, right? So we've been talking about how they're passing the ball more than they did last year. They're still, you know, like top... 10 to 15 in running the ball so they have the the rushing volume but they also have the efficiency right so this is an offense that's going to score a lot of points and when you have lamar jackson that frees up a lot of holes because they got to respect lamar jackson on those read options the zone reads and it pretty much frees up you know two to three guys in the box that have to account for lamar jackson that's why a lot of these guys like gus edwards jk dobbins over the years even when you plug in a random guy like tyson williams They'll average over five yards per carry because Lamar Jackson just does that to a defense. Then we're going to talk about another backfield, and that's the Seahawks running backs, right? So DJ Dallas, Rashad Penny, and this is purely a stash because you're pretty much handcuffing a handcuff. We have Alex Collins, who saw 20 touches last night. So that was Sunday night. It's Monday night tonight. You guys will see this Tuesday morning. But Alex Collins handled 20 touches. He left the game early with an injury. And that opens the door for DJ Dallas, right? So DJ Dallas is the one that's been healthy. He had four for 17 on the ground, not great, but five catches and 33 yards through the air. He's been kind of that passing down back. Now I will say Rashad Penny kind of has a little bit more upside. I liked him a lot as a prospect, but we're now talking like year three of the Rashad Penny experience, year four, year five, where nothing has really happened for him. So, I mean, he comes off IR and maybe he becomes interesting over at DJ Dallas, but I think that they're both interesting ads for that spot where if something was to happen to Alex Collins, we could have one of these guys slot in right away. Then our last running back is a guy we've been talking about, you know, the last like two, three weeks is Ramondre Stevenson. I loved him as a prospect round four guy out of Oklahoma. He can do everything. He's explosive. He can catch the passes. He can pass block. He can do stuff on the goal line between the twenties guy. He is a, you know, Swiss army knife at running back. I kind of comped him to, you know, like a Rex Burkhead in like a Patriot system, he could be like a, a juiced up Rex Burkhead. He's now getting goal line touches. He scored a touchdown. He's getting passing down work. He like caught a big wheel route. Now I know Damian Harris is dealing with a rib injury. So that kind of explains why Ramondre got any work on Sunday. But that also means that Damian Harris could get hurt and open the door for Ramondre Stevenson. So I think if Damian Harris was to go down, that'd be huge for Ramondre because that opens up, you know, a role for him. That's not as, you know, as one-dimensional as a Damian Harris's role, which is just between the 20s and the goal line, he gets no passing down work. I think Ramondre would actually get probably almost the same amount of between the 20s, you know, carries, goal line stuff, and then he'd also get passing down work over guys like Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor. Now we're going to flip over to the pass catchers. We're going to talk about Rashad Bateman. He is my number one ad this week. We've been talking about him each of the last like two, three, four weeks, and he's perfect because we want these rookie wide receivers because they have a lot of upside, right? So we have guys like Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, AJ Brown, his rookie year, you know, Chase Claypool. A lot of these rookie wide receivers end up being the league winners. It doesn't happen right away. Not all these guys are Justin Jefferson. Not all these guys are Jamar Chase. Happens on the back half of the season. I think Rashad Bateman is a candidate for that because he's still, you know, that black box prospect. The same thing with Kadarius Tony. you know, three, four weeks ago, he's this black box prospect think whatever you want about him pre-draft he is an unknown entity in the nfl we haven't seen it yet so he has a multitude range of outcomes a lot of variance in his profile same thing with Rashad bateman and his first game was really promising he only had four catches for 29 yards but when you you know you peel the onion back a little bit the layers back a little bit you look at his usage it looked pretty good he was tied for first on the team with a 24 percent target share he had a 27 percent target per route run which is really really good that you know last year you had guys like claypool lead the rookie class like a 23 percent now that's not going to be sustainable 27 percent targets per route run over the entirety of a season 
but it's still in a range where in his first ever game as a pro, that's really impressive. Then we're going to rattle off the rest of these pass catchers. We got Darnell Mooney first up. And he's had a touchdown or 100 yards in two of three games, but I would push back on him being, you know, like this crazy breakout candidate because he's looked good, but the Chicago offense only had 174 passing yards on Sunday. With Justin Fields, they still haven't really gotten things to click to the point where they're, you know, operating as a, you know, NFL caliber passing offense. You would typically want that like in the 225 plus range at minimum. The volume's so bad that Allen Robinson's no longer QB proof, even though he's done it with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky which then brings us to Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick is a guy that I've been really reluctant to even respect this year, but you have to. He now has 11 or more .5 PPR points in five of his last six games. He's been, you know, in every week, like really reluctant. If you if you've just played him as your wide receiver two, you probably are fine to this point. You know, he is this wide receiver three-ish kind of guy. Now we want a little bit more upside from our wide receivers when you're getting them off the bench or off the waivers. What he's doing is pretty much fine. I think that he's going to be, you know, a wide receiver three-ish type flex play until Judy returns, which then brings us to more, you know, of the the veterans like Mooney and Tim Patrick are a little bit younger, a little bit more upside. But then we have T.Y. Hilton, who had four catches for 80 yards in his first game back from injury. And I guess he's an interesting, you know, flex type guy. Maybe he ages like uh, Larry Fitzgerald, where I want to say there was a stretch where Larry Fitzgerald had like maybe like only 800 yards receiving. And then when he hit like 32, 33, he kind of found like a late career resurgence. There's there's a possibility for T.Y. Hilton to have that. There's also a possibility for A.J. Green to have that, right? So A.J. Green scored a touchdown yesterday. He actually looked, you know, decent. I think that he he led the team or no, he was second behind Christian Kirk with like six targets. He's playable here and there. He doesn't look to be completely washed. I don't think that he is, you know, obviously he's not prime AJ Green, but he's not, you know, skin and bones like I thought. I thought that he was going to be, you know, kind of like we saw Alshon Jeffrey in 2020, which then brings us to our one tight end on the list, Ricky Seals Jones. If you want, if you have nobody at tight end, feel free to make a little bit of a fab bid on this guy, especially in tight end premium, like an FFPC league. And as long as Logan Thomas is gone, Ricky Seals Jones is a locked in, you know, back end wide receiver or tight end one. He played all of the snaps, 100% of the team snaps. He had four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. I want to say the only touchdown of the day from the offense. So he looked really good. He's a fine, you know, one of those guys you can stream while Logan Thomas is hurt. But that's going to do it for us today, fellas. It is 8.02 p.m. So the game's about to kick off in like 10 minutes. I'm going to go upstairs, eat dinner. I hope you guys had a great day. I hope you guys had a great time enjoying this video. Now, with all that being said, my waiver wire you know, article, fab guide, all that good stuff will be down below in the description. It'll be down below in the comments on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. As always, I love you guys and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah.